2: Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I'm, I've lost count. Or,
3: shoot that, shoot that!
1: Ah, uh, it's a Thursday. Nice to wake up early in the morning and go, oh, there's Ernie Els playing golf. The Open Championship underway, Rory playing well, Tiger's set to tee off in a little bit. We'll keep an eye on that. And the Open Championship at St Andrews is underway, but if you were going to think about catching Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau or Phil Mickelson and watch them live, you're out of luck certainly today. I'm not sure if the uh, RNA, the Royal and Ancient decided that let's keep the live golfers off uh, live TV here in the United States. But they did a pretty good job if that was their goal. Now, Dustin Johnson's going to be teeing off. And uh, I think he's got a great chance to win this. Louis Oosthuizen won the Open in 2010. Kepka has a history of showing up for majors. And it's impossible to say how these guys are going to fare this weekend, given that the crowd, the crowd actually booed Ian Poulter on the first tee. More like a groan when they introduced him. And Ian Poulter's a pretty popular guy in Europe. But they um, introduced him. Yes, Pauly.
5: Can you do the intro and we'll do the crowd? Like you do the voice of the stick up to the tee guy. Now here
1: four games, 35. Ian Poulter. Mm. Poulter. Mm. And then he hit a shot that Paulie could have hit. Yes. Shanked it is what he did, but he ended up three under. But if you're looking for these players on uh, live TV here in the United States, you're only going to see highlights. Now tomorrow they flip the tee times around. So the live tour players are going to be on TV tomorrow. Phil Mickelson, I think ended up at even par. People would still want to see Phil Mickelson, even DeChambeau, DeChambeau driving a few of these greens. So, we're gonna we're gonna see if we're gonna have an interesting storyline coming up on Sunday. Eight seven seven three DP show email address dp at danpatrick.com, dot com. Twitter handle at dpshow, Show. New T shirt alert. Who doesn't love moms, right? Well, Jets fans, we got a new T shirt for you. Oh no! Yes, we do. Go to damnpatrick.com. Seaton sent me the drawings last night. He goes, What do you think? M I
3: L F F uh, Jets, Jets, Jets.
1: I said, Yeah. Like give you a thumbs up there. Go to dampatrick.com. Why and, not? You know? Yeah. You gotta go. I'm not gonna tell you what it is. Should I go there? Yes. You should yes. Well, we're encouraging people to go there as you yes, speak. Yeah. You should do that. The new T-shirts at DanPatrick.com. Play of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Always brought to you by Panini. Panini, the official trading court. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's fantastic. You can order your T-shirt right now if you'd like to. (laughs) DanPatrick.com. Callaway's Chrome Soft isn't just better for the best players. It's better for all of us. Everybody. Chrome Soft, Chrome Soft X, Chrome Soft XLS, delivering the best tour performance for every type of game. Find yours at CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. A little bit later on, the Dodgers manager, Dave Roberts, will join us. We'll take a deep dive into the mystery that is Andrew Luck. Walked away from the game, age 30, and just wanted to be a dad. And that's exactly what he's been. And uh, there are a lot of people who have reached out to try to do an interview with him. We've asked for years. We even talked to his dad, Oliver Luck. He finally got on a good team. And I said it at the time, I said it numerous times, that you can't have $100 million investment and then spend pennies on the dollar protecting him. And that's what happened. you got to protect your court. Just like the Bengals with Joe Burrow. And I was worried about that his first year. I thought you can't go down the same road that the Colts did with Andrew Luck because after a while, the body can only withstand so much and you start to think about longevity. And I think Andrew Luck thought, I don't want to go through this anymore. I've been beat up pretty, pretty, uh, pretty well. And they invested in the offensive line. You know, when they got Quentin Nelson, you know, that then you're getting a future hall of famer there, but Maybe they tried to invest in that offensive line, but they didn't do a very good job, and I think that's why Andrew Luck was able to walk away from the game. So we'll have a little bit more of a deep dive on that coming up. Uh, We say good morning to those watching on Peacock. That's our streaming partner. Download the app. You can watch for free. And our radio affiliates, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, and nearly 400 cities around America. All right, Seton, poll question today is as follows. Uh, let's see. We could go with
3: uh, adding Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks makes them a playoff team, 500,
1: same old Knicks. How many games could he help the Knicks improve on as far as wins and losses? We had Brian Windhorst on yesterday and he said, you know, LeBron in his prime could be a 12 game difference maker. Now this is the war equivalent in basketball, you know, Wins above replacement. If you bring in Donovan Mitchell, can he give you five more wins? Seven more wins. And is that good enough to get you into a playoff spot, or are you still going to be in the play-in position? But you also, I think the bigger picture here, if Donovan Mitchell goes to the Knicks, and I've said this, uh, you know, the last two days, I, I really think there's a great opportunity here for the Knicks to get him. Now He's from the New York metropolitan area. You got Jalen Brunson there. He does have familiarity with the front office. And now you, got a, now you have a legitimate backcourt. Now you have a very good backcourt. Keep RJ Barrett. And then if you want to dispense some of the other players in draft picks, and they've been building up with draft picks for this moment to get somebody. The Knicks normally don't get somebody who wants to go there. Jalen Brunson wanted to go there. His dad is on the coaching staff. He's familiar with those on the coaching staff. And Donovan Mitchell might follow suit there. And if you're the Utah Jazz, you already got a king's ransom for Rudy Gobert, and maybe you get the same. I would ask for draft picks. Like, if if the players on the Knicks aren't any good, then why do I want the players on the Utah Jazz? I'd rather just take draft picks here. And that's probably what Danny Ainge would want to do. But do you want to take somebody in an expiring contract? You know, maybe you do something like that. But I think Donovan Mitchell would make them, maybe not a playoff team, but would make them relevant. And relevant from the perspective of, I might want to play on that team. If I'm a free agent, I might want to play for a team that had a backcourt like that. Yes, Eden. Is it possible for the Knicks to sign Donovan Mitchell uh, without losing R.J. Barrett? Well, if I'm Utah, I, I would like to have R.J. Barrett. He's young. He's improving. Uh, he's a good player, or the potential to be a good player. And I guess it, it would depend on what Utah's game plan is. Like, what do they see... Now, what do they see in three years or five years? Whatever your game plan is. And would R.J. Barrett be somebody that you would want to be part of the core of that? Um, I would. If I'm the Knicks, you can have everybody, but you can't have R.J. Barrett. I'd probably be pretty firm on that. What else do you have, seat The Utah Jazz are so weird, by the way. They've, they've had a very bizarre three years. Well, it was a couple of years ago where they had the best record. Yeah. They, didn't they have the best record in the bubble? Uh, when when we went to play in the bubble, yeah, Paulie?
5: 2020, 2021, they were 52 and 20. Yeah. Uh, first place in the division, they were cooking.
1: But do you think Quinn Snyder knew that the writings on the wall that we're going to trade Rudy Gobert because Rudy and Donovan Mitchell don't get along and then we thought well, Quinn Snyder could coach the Lakers. He's like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm just going to resign." <laughs> but they offered him they offered him a contract to stay with the Jazz. And, you know, you have to make that decision where you go, do you want to coach whatever's left with the Jazz or not coach anybody? And he said, I'm not going to coach anybody. Those are all pretty big red flags for a super
3: dysfunctional organization. Yeah. I I get rebuild is like a nice Band-Aid to put over it,
1: but. Well, Danny Ainge has done this before, and now this will be a tall task as well. Uh, Trying to get players, draft players. Are you going to get free agents to go there? Um so, and what is your time frame? Because to me, Oklahoma City is doing it the right way. They got young players. They got draft picks. They got Chet Holmgren, Che uh, Gilgis, Alexander, uh, Josh Giddey. Like they have, they have some fun players. Like to me, they're relevant. They're they're somebody that I'll seek out during the uh, regular season. I'll I'll watch Oklahoma City. But Utah, they took the wrecking ball, and it looks like they're gonna they're gonna take down the whole building here. Yeah, I'm, pulling.
5: I'm making a left turn here, but if we're discussing franchise where you don't know exactly what they're doing, it's confusing, I'm going to throw the Seattle Seahawks in there. I don't know what they're doing. They have their coach. He's not a young man anymore. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who'd want to hang out for a rebuild, Pete Carroll, but they appear to be keeping him. They traded away their great quarterback and didn't get a quarterback back that is a threatening quarterback. Yeah. No offense, Drew Locke. That, that's a franchise that seems to be like, are they in the middle or are they in the rebuild?
1: Because I didn't know what they were going to do with D.K. Metcalf. I love Tyler Lockett. It feels like they've had a revolving door with running backs. The offensive line has always been suspect, and that's part of the reason why Russ wanted out of there. And really, I think it came down to, and I'm taking poetic license here of reading between the lines, but I I, I do have enough of a backdrop here that I think I can do this and do it fairly, that Russ and Pete Carroll were not going to coexist anymore, and that it was either – Pete was going to step down, Russ would stay, or Russ is going to leave if Pete stayed. I think it came down to that. And that offensive philosophy that Pete had just didn't jive with what Russell and his, his abilities are. It always felt like, boy, Russ is cooking. And then all of a sudden, later in the year, he goes from being an MVP candidate to, oh, what happened to Russ? And you heard that frustration... Uh, a couple of years ago when he was on the show and and talked about being sacked an average of 48 times per year. Uh, That doesn't happen to Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Joe Burrow happened one year, and they came back and made sure that they went out and got offensive linemen to protect him. And, uh, in fact, went overboard to get offensive linemen to protect him. You can invest in these quarterbacks. It's like uh, when we look at the Super Bowl when the Chiefs lost To Tampa Bay. Well, they lost because they didn't have an offensive line. They couldn't protect Patrick Mahomes. Plain and simple. They lost because they didn't have a good offensive line. He was banged up, and Patrick Mahomes became a mere mortal. Tom Brady, good offensive line. Also had a very good defense, which to me should have been the MVP of that Super Bowl. But, you know, you got to protect these investments, and that's what Cincinnati did, wisely did, with Joe Burrow. Yeah, Paul.
5: You look at the Bengals. I mean, it's exactly how their season ended. If they can get one more or two more blocks on Aaron Donald in the home stretch there, that Super Bowl could have gone the other way the way they are moving the ball.
1: yep One or two blocks on Donald. All right. What other poll questions, Seton?
3: Uh Here's another one. This is actually a leftover from yesterday. Would you rather retire a year early or a year late? All right. We'll have to explain this. This This is is based off of the hockey player Duncan Keith retiring. Yeah, And in his retirement, he said, uh, it's never an easy decision. I think there's part of me that knows I could still play. And I think that's how I wanted to go out, knowing I still had some game left in me. And I'm relatively healthy. That's basically where my mindset was at.
1: Yeah, because I don't know if, let's say you just lost a championship game and you interviewed somebody in the locker room and you said, uh, "Do you leave it all out there? No, not all of it. No, no. But I still got some. I still had some left in me. I wanted to make sure I finished the game strong, that I still had more to give. Yeah, I was surprised with with the quote. I guess that's one of those must-lie situations. You don't want to say, you know, I can go out there and give you a couple of shifts right now. Did you leave it all out there? We left most of it out there. Most of it. Not quite all of it. Uh, Give me a percentage of what you left out there. I'd say about 62%, right around there. Uh, all right, we'll take a break. We'll come up with a poll question here. Keep an eye on the open championship. Uh, NFL camps open in a week. Oh, oh, oh,
3: oh. <laughs> I,
1: I don't know if it's that.
3: Oh, sorry. <laughs> you said it. Kind of is, though. A little
1: bit. Kinda. Well, for us, it is. Kind of is. It's like, you know, you're kind of. Uh, I don't know, sloshing around here, looking for stories that could be entertaining, getting guests on to compliment those storylines. It took
3: uh, until July 14th for us to talk hockey. Officially. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: uh. I know I did. I didn't get roughed up by our audience when I said, you know, it's slow time of the year. Not a lot to talk about. It was during the Stanley cup final there. You could always talk about Tampa. I go, I can, I can. <laughs> How about them abs? i, I I know. Hey, I might even talk about the Mariners and the Orioles coming up. Yes, Tom.
6: We did a little drive-by with Steve Levy not too long ago. It's not like we could talk zero hockey. We worked him in a little. Thank you, Todd. you welcome.
1: All right, let's take a break. We'll be back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. And now a message from Discover about customer service and common sense. When you have credit card questions, nice to have them answered by a real live person. A human being who actually cares, understands your issues, works to resolve them. Sometimes you're shocked when somebody gets on the phone and you go, yes, can I help you? Wait, is this a recording? No, no, I'm, I'm a real person. You don't want a robot. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. We call it live customer service, emphasis on the word live. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
4: Hey, guys. This is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin, from the Fade This podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but... Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, really get Creighton. You do watch Creighton.
1: Playing baseball, going to baseball games, playing softball. And I just brought back that taste when you're there at a spring training game and you get to have a Miller Lite. It's a warm afternoon, Scottsdale, Arizona. Beer here. Paula used to be a beer vendor. I was
5: a beer vendor at Scottsdale Stadium and I slung Miller Lite. So I was just throwing them out. There.
1: Okay. Not literally. Okay. But just that cold, refreshing taste. The crack. Yes. Not the crack of the bat.
5: Which is better? Crack of the bat's crack of the beer
1: game. Oh, I'd crack of the beer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Miller Lite. It tastes like beer. How about that? That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And you should too. They've been doing this since 1975. The original light beer. Everybody else is just trying to imitate them. Less filling, only 96 calories. Times change, but you can always enjoy the great taste of Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller time. Miller Lite. Get it delivered to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. You know what I did last summer? I went to Italy, and it was awesome.
3: And you know what I did before that that was even more awesomer? Uh, They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. There's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation and payment options and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use the code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking on the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences, you'll remember. Do more with Viator.
0: Settle on a poll
1: question. Got a play of the day. Coming up, Dave Roberts, Dodger manager, a little bit later on. Deep dive on Andrew Luck. What's he doing now? That's one of those guys that you just disappear from the sport. Doesn't do any interviews. Doesn't care about doing any interviews. Didn't want to be an announcer, an analyst. He just sort of disappeared. The great mystery. I'll have that for you coming up a little bit later on. You know, when you retire, Duncan Keith, I think, spent 17 years in the National Hockey League, played for the Blackhawks, had a couple of Stanley Cups. But uh, his quote was, give the exact quote if you have it there, Seton, where um, he talked about that he didn't exactly uh, leave everything on the ice. He says, I I mean, he has many more statements
3: that talks about, well, my body, you know, I just haven't been training as well and blah, blah, blah. But the one that stood out to me was it's never an easy decision. I think there's a part of me that knows I could still play, and I think that's how I wanted to go out, knowing I still had some game left in me and I'm relatively healthy. That's basically
1: where my mindset was at. Hmm. Well, Barry Sanders walked away from the game at age 30, but I understood the frustration level, and I was very close to Barry at that time. And was even given a heads up that he was retiring and going to London. but I, And I was doing Center. I was not allowed. Uh, his agent said, look, uh, I'll tell you this, but you can't say anything until Barry gets to London. I go, he's going to London? Yeah, he's going to retire. And he he just wanted to, he was tired of losing. And I think he would have played for another team. but And he grew up a Raiders fan, but... He just got to the point where he said, I just don't, it's not fun anymore. And I think Barry was just great at football. I don't know if he loved football, he loved basketball. I don't know if Andrew Luck loved football or you're just born into it. Like your dad was a player who played, uh, not a great quarterback, but he, you know, you sort of have that pedigree. And sometimes you have guys who are really good at something, but that doesn't mean they really love it. Yes, he. It's sometimes
3: like with a guy, say, like Andrew Luck, who you feel like retired early, and then you start looking at their injury history, and you kind of understand why it's like, you know what, I just don't feel like having a lacerated kidney anymore. Or, yeah. you know, my shoulder, for you know, it's killing me. I don't
1: feel like doing that anymore. When you start to look at, you know, the list of injuries, look at Gronk's injuries. I would never question his toughness. Or, oh my God, why can't you come back? Why don't you play one more year? The list of injuries that he's had, I don't think anybody wants to quit. But there's a point where you go, I just, I don't want to go through this anymore. And I think that's probably what Gronk, you know, hey, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm one of the great tight ends of all time. I've won Super Bowls. I don't really need anything anymore. Yes, Eden? I
3: mean, even Gronk, the first time he retired... Those, the details that he gave after the Super Bowl were horrifying. Yeah. Internal bleeding yes. and couldn't get out of bed for yeah. however many days. It was like, dang, you, you don't see that. You just see him shirtless, you know, slugging down beers. And then the next week, he's like in rough shape. Yeah, Paulie.
5: Peyton is really interesting because his second to last year in the league, 39 touchdowns, 15 picks. He was great. He's a pro bowler. But then his last season, he did get a Super Bowl in that last season. But he was statistically the worst quarterback in the NFL. He had nine touchdowns and 17 interceptions. I mean, that's not even close to what he does for a living. And he limped through the playoffs, and, but he picked up that second Super Bowl. So there's, you know, there, you know, there's guys, I remember we had Steve Young on once, and you asked him about retirement. He goes, You know what? He goes, All you guys talk about legacy. He goes, We don't want to retire too early. He goes, You don't want to be sitting there at 46 going, I could have got one more year. I could have got one more ring. I could have, you know, I left something out there.
1: Yeah. And there are times when you go, God, why didn't he retire? But, you know, we want it both ways. Like, why don't you play one more season? Or you get to Ben Roethlisberger. About time to wrap it up there, Ben, huh? And, and I'm always, I try to be careful when I say these things. But about somebody, I hope you play as long as you want to play and can play. It's not incumbent upon me to have an opinion on, A, hey, uh, I think you need to wrap it up here. Usually you're the last person to know.
3: Yeah, Yes, but it is odd, though, that when that person does know, like, I think I'm done and we don't think it's time yet. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're supposed to keep playing. What? You can't you can't retire now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Marv.
4: Now, you talked to athletes before. Do you think it's hard for them when they're 32, 33, which is so young in regular life? Are they afraid to just retire? Because what do I do next?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that, you know, when you, you go, what are you going to do the rest of your life? Well, you've been this almost your entire life, and now we're saying at age 34, 35. I mean, I get why Tom Brady doesn't want to retire because he's still very good at what he's doing, and they have protected the quarterback. And, you know, he hasn't dropped. It's not like he's slower because he was never fast. Is your arm still strong? Are you still capable? You know, remember when... um, he, he got confused in the game against the Bears where he wasn't sure what down it was. And we're like, okay, here it comes, Tom. And then we realized that that was just a momentary lapse for him. He's still able to play at a very high level. The question is, he's got other business entities and your family and your kids and all of those things. And Brady has the options. It's those players who were 32, 33, and they've been a linebacker for the Niners. And you go, what are you going to do the rest of your life? I don't know. And I think that's really scary. Yeah, Pauline.
5: I remember a bunch of years ago, maybe 10 years ago, we had the great Michigan player and a great NBA player, Chris Weber, on the show. It's just a couple of days after we retired. And you said, what are you going to do next? He goes, Dan, I'm 34 years old. He goes, I'm just getting rolling in life. Chris Weber made like $180 million and was done with his career. Most people are getting into their career at 34 and starting to make money. That's got to be the weirdest thing. that It's, <laughs> it's, it's flipped for yeah. athletes.
1: Well, we ask our children, hey, what do you want to major in in college when you're 18? Uh, business. Okay. There you go. Go to college. And then you get out. What are you going to do? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you're 22. We're kind of athletes get to prolong that. You know, they get to like, I'm going to put that off for a little while. Now at 32, 33, 34, you're going, what uh, What are you going to do? Uh, I don't know. Yes, Tom.
6: But besides, what are you going to do? Isn't some of it ego and being relevant and the cheers? There, there is got to be some of that, unless you're making so much money and you really, really don't care about whether people are talking about you or you're in the news anymore. I, just, I feel like there's some of that involved.
1: Yeah, I guess. You know, uh, you know, look at Drew Brees. Drew Brees, it looked like he was had a made-for-TV role and he was going to go right into the studio. If he could still play, he'd play. And then he realized being in the studio is not any fun if you just left the playing field. That's why Tom Brady made the right decision. Now, they gave him a lot of money, but he's going to go back out to these games and prepare for two different defenses. I mean, it's a similar process. He's going to meet with everybody. He'll meet with the quarterback, the offensive coordinator, the coach, and then he's going to prepare a game plan. Drew didn't get that. And I think, you know, Tony Romo has that. Chris Collinsworth has that. Troy Aikman has that. They get to go to those games. And there's no win or lose. You're preparing. And as long as you prepare in a professional manner, then I think you're going to gather something out of that. that you're, that's as close as you're going to get to playing. And you hear the crowd. You're into it. You're as close as you could possibly be to playing. And I think that's really important, those who stay with the game. Or you're going to be a coach. Ken Norton Jr. went from being an all-pro linebacker to being uh, a, a defensive coach in the NFL. Having that and being that close, while it might be frustrating, I think it's also rewarding. But having that almost umbilical cord that attaches you to the game is really important. And an analyst on site is completely different than an analyst who's in the studio. Having been in the studio with Rodney Harrison and Tony Dungy, uh, analyst at the mothership, it's just different. It, it's almost like you have a, a, a cat, and the cat is only allowed to be indoors. Safe, you know, nobody's going to bother you here, you're okay. And as opposed to, oh, we let the cat out, and uh, he's going to go out and have some fun. That's what it is when you have an analyst. You're like, uh, hey, we're just kind of hanging out here. Uh, There's no ambiance. There's no uh, applause here. Which do you prefer doing, uh, live at an event or in the studio? I appreciate the energy, but it's harder to do my job because of everything that's going on. And as a result, your analysts get more distracted as well. And, I mean, you're not, like, picking up that, looking for that same
3: buzz or no, no, that no, same no. energy that the analyst, a former player, is looking for. So it's coming from a different place. But.
1: Yes. But they get distracted because they'll see somebody they played with or coached with, and you're rehearsing, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, somebody, come, Rodney, hey, Ray, what's up? Hey, Rodney, come on, we got to rehearse. Hey, Coach Dungey. hey, Coach, Coach. And you would be like, okay. And it's loud. Uh, you, you just have to deal with the environment there, the elements there. And uh, weather, you can throw that in as well. But when you walk in, there's nothing like when you're when you're there on the field and, and you just hear it. There's nothing like that. And I didn't play, but just to hear it, and it, if I did play, it would bring back memories of, oh, God, I missed that. But I've been with Rodney Harrison, and Rodney's one of the tougher guys who ever played the game. And he watches, I watched... Uh, the end of a first half with him. And he goes, I don't know how I played this game. It's so violent. Because when you're watching it on the silent, it is violent. And the noise is just different. Like when somebody gets hit, it's like, wow, that hurt me.
5: Yeah, Paul. I'm going back on this Andrew Luck stuff because it's just so fascinating. If you look at the Colts in 2018 going in the, uh, the season before he retired, you know, yeah, yeah. they were 10-6. and six. He threw thirty-nine touchdowns, fifteen picks. He was back again. He was uh, one of the players of the year candidate. All the kind of stuff. Everything hit. The sacks were down. You know, actually, you know, he, he was his sack percentage was the lowest in the league. The team had finally protected him. He was only sacked eighteen times in his final season. Like, like everything was good. I'm reading all these articles from the Colts camp. Like we're finally protecting Luck. Then he gets his foot ankle injury about three weeks into the preseason, and he's discussing it. And the team's like no cause for concern. He should be ready. Or this, and he talks to them, and he's talking about all his different injuries, and you know he can't run like he used to, and this isn't going to help. And the next day, he retires. Yeah, it's really
1: fascinating. There's no red flags. Jason in Florida, hi, Jace. What's on your mind today?
6: Uh, I'd like to make a comment about uh, the Colts and Ryan Grigson specifically. I mean, if, if I think Andrew Luck is as much, if not more, responsible for his quitting. Than, than Ryan Grixon. Ryan Grixon didn't tell Andrew Luck to not slide. Uh, Ryan Grixon didn't tell Andrew Luck to tackle everybody that threw an interception. And, and Ryan Grixon certainly didn't tell Andrew Luck to go snowboarding and tear up his shoulder and get airlifted off of a mountain. I mean, this this is all on Andrew Luck. This isn't on Ryan Grixon. And right. I, I'm not saying that there's not his res- no responsibility on the Colts side. But I think, to be fair, um, you know, Andrew Luck bears some responsibility for this. Oh, response.
1: he does. But, you know, I don't know if he admits that he bears responsibility because I think he's had comments to writers, reporters, off the record. But you're right. You know, one of the great stories that was kind of hidden was he got injured snowboarding, injured his shoulder. Uh, and, and he would talk about if he threw an interception, he wanted to make the tackle. Absolutely. But you can't tell me that they invested in that offensive line. So he did those things, but you can't exonerate the front office with the number of sacks that he incurred those first couple of years. But the other stuff, the way he played, absolutely. But I'm not saying that he shouldn't bear any of the responsibility here. If he was on, I would ask him. I'd ask him about the snowboarding accident. I'd ask him about the mentality of how he played. And what role that played. But I don't think he's blaming anybody. I don't think he came out and said, hey, I'm going to put this all on the Colts. I don't think he said anything. So, in fairness to the totality of the story, Andrew Luck's not coming out pointing fingers. I'm just, I said all along, they need to have a better offensive line. That's all. But you're right. He'd go out and try to make the tackle. I think there's one hit... Like, one of the more violent plays I've seen was a tackle by Andrew Luck after he threw an interception. Paul, you'd probably have to... Was that the one in college? No, oh. I, I. he did that too, but I think he had one in the NFL where he threw an interception and he just laid somebody out. Yeah, Paul. I,
5: I'm looking for it, but there is one in college that... Got a lot of notoriety because I remember it. He, they were playing Stam- Stanford was playing USC. He threw a pick and he just decletes this linebacker and okay. defensive back. Yeah. And it was like Sports Center top ten. Yeah. And then he had a bit of a reputation for lowering his shoulder when he running not- and finishing off plays. You know, he's not like Josh Allen where he runs a lot, but when he ran, he didn't avoid the contact.
1: Well, his forty yard time was the same as Cam Cam Newton. Like he was a great athlete at that position. I don't think he utilized – I don't think he used his legs the way Josh Allen does. But he did – it felt like there were times where, you know, you do need to slide, and you don't have to tackle the guy who had the interception. But that's the way he played. But once again, he's not blaming the Colts. At least, I don't think anything on record is saying that. He'd have to point the finger at himself to begin with. But uh, Jason in Florida, thank you. Yes, Eden.
3: Yeah, I'm watching – the. Andrew Luck tackling, it's like this amazing form tackle yes. that you're like, look at this dude. I know. He absolutely, there's this one highlight uh, against USC, like Paulie's just saying, it's off of a fumble. Sharice uh, Wright, Andrew yeah. Luck j- absolutely destroys him, hits him right in the chest. I don't even know that Sharice Wright knew that Andrew Luck was coming, but he... <laughs>
1: absolutely demolishes Maybe it. that's the play. I just remember it's one of the more violent hits that I've seen.
5: It, it, it has to be because luck is going across. The guy doesn't see it coming. And luck goes helmet <laughs> I know. to his sternum. I know.
1: Just absolutely crushes this dude. I know. Uh, Wes in Washington. Hi, Wes. What's on your mind?
0: Morning, fellas. 5'8", October 10th,
4: 1969 is my birthday.
3: Hmm. Same month,
0: same day. Same, same year, as Todd. Oh, nice. Okay. Same month, same day. Yeah, exactly. And also my middle name is Joseph.
4: How about that?
0: I mean, me and Todd are like twinsies here. Love it. I have nothing recording to go into with sports related. I just want to know, Dan, what was your first um, music uh, record you bought? That's all I want to know. Mine was... Um, Sundown by Gordon Lightfoot. I was probably six or seven years old, riding in the back of my mom's car. She didn't know what the heck I was
1: talking about. Went to the music store and and got the record. That's All right. Uh, thank you, Wes. Um, Todd, do you rem- remember the... You know what? Let me take a break. we got a play of the day coming up here. The The first album that you bought, or Marvin it might be your first CD that you bought, or cassette. Yes. Yeah, mine was a cassette. A cassette. Mm-hmm. Okay. My first album that I bought was not a musical group. We'll take a break. Play of the Day up next here, Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. affleck has the assist for you get help with expenses health insurance doesn't cover visit affleck.com to learn more
2: an epic matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with american express you breeze through the card member entrance stop by the lounge now it's almost tip off and everyone's already on their feet this is gonna be good That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.
1: There's nothing like a great night's sleep. Every great day starts the night before. Quality sleep can help boost your reaction time and recovery time and performance. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your one-of-a-kind, ever-evolving sleep needs. So, how do you take it to the next level? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you choose the ideal comfort, the firmness on each side. Two beds in one, that's your sleep number. Mine is 75. The beds automatically respond and adjust your movements, so you stay sleeping comfortably all night long. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep. They provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed, only $1,599. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only to Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
0: Oh my oh my the play, oh my the play,
6: play of the day.
4: Check this out. Swing, and this is smashed out to the gap in right center field. Is it high enough? It is. It is gone. Winker homers today, and Jesse Winker homers tonight. He has gone deep in both ends of the doubleheader here in D.C., and he has given the Mariners a 1-0 lead in the sixth inning.
1: Mariners swept a doubleheader for the Nationals. That's 10 consecutive wins. Longest winning streak for Seattle since winning 10 in a row in April of 2002. That's your Play of the Day, brought to you by K-I-R-O, the Mariners Radio Network. Play of the Day, Play of the Day brought to you by Discover. And uh, we could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards. Or we could talk about how Discover does it. You redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. That's amazing. Learn more, discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. My Seattle Mariners here. Uh, Baltimore Orioles are playing well. Uh, So you got some interesting teams that are in the mix right now. Also, Shohei Otani won his sixth consecutive start, added a two-run triple. The Angels beat the Astros. He is the first Angels pitcher since Nolan Ryan to have 10 or more strikeouts in four consecutive games. Nolan Ryan... Had uh, He did that seven times with the Angels. Yeah, you look at the box score. Oh, here it comes. Get off my lawn. The Angels struck out 17 times. The Astros struck out 15 times. Come on. That's an American League record for strikeouts in a nine inning game. Stat of the day, stat of the day, dot, dot. stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that one stat of the day. Pop. 32 strikeouts in that game. It's not getting any better. It's we're going to get up there and we're going to swing. And, you know, they, they want baseball wants to change that you can't have a shift on for somebody. You know, hit them where they ain't. That's the famous saying. Hit them where they ain't. Yeah, Mark.
4: Are you okay? Because during that stat of the day song, I've never heard you so depressed. Here comes that,
1: what? Do the strikeouts really depress you like that? Yes, because it's not good baseball. It's just, and I know it's analytics, and I'm sure, you know, they got, you know, pages and pages of data to shut me up. But. Put the ball in play. I don't know how striking out can help your team. All I know is put the ball in play. you got a chance to get on. If you strike out, then you got no chance unless the catcher drops third strike. I just, nobody wants to put the ball in play. Yeah, Paul. In
5: 2021, there were 42,000 strikeouts in baseball. And let's go 30 years ago, so it's not drastically long ago. 1992, there was 23,000.
1: Yeah. 42,000 to 23,000. Yeah. I, you know, I get that the pitchers throw harder. Um, and, and I'm going to ask Dave Roberts about this. He'll join us in the final hour of just, you know, when you're starting pitching, to me, seems like it's a lost art. That you don't really need starting pitching. You just need somebody who starts the game. That's your starting pitcher. Hey, just go four, go three. Go five, and then we bring in somebody, and then bring in somebody, and then we bring in somebody. Yeah, Tom.
6: And fans, I know. I did growing up. But you would go to a game based on a lot of times based on the starting pitchers, yeah. not to see them pitch three or four innings. I went to a game when I was a kid. It was Ryan against Gooden at Shea Stadium. If and, I knew they were going to pitch uh, like four innings each, I would be much less excited about that than they may go the distance or at least one of them.
1: Uh, it bums me up. It's just tough to watch it. And we get caught up, you know, when you watch the highlights on Sports Center, you go, oh, wow, somebody hit a home run. Well, if you sit through the game, it takes a while before that guy hits that home run. Like uh, seven guys have just struck out. Hey, there's a home run there. All right. Now, we were talking music before we took a break. First album that you bought. Mine was a, um, a duo, but they weren't, they did sing. They did sing, but they weren't known for their singing. The Smothers Brothers, okay, comedy album, <laughs> yes. Um, and I remember when I got it, and my mom got it for me, and I said, "Why?" She goes, "Oh, I don't know. I just thought you would really appreciate the Smothers Brothers, and you know, they were uh, Tom and Dick Smothers, and they they were funny." The first album I bought. I I'm, I'm, I'm don't, it was in the late 60s. So it might have been either uh, Pink Floyd or it might have been The Stones, I think. Todd, first album. Billy Joel
6: Glass Houses mm-hmm. came out in the spring of 1980. I heard it at a friend's house. By, by a day or two later, I had to run out and get it on my cassette.
3: Seton? Uh, Motley Crue Shout at the Devil. Right. Yeah, I was five years old, and my I shared a room with my brother. Yeah, and so he was he was uh, a little older than me, but he was already like super into music, and he exposed me to all these bands. I just thought Motley Crue, "Shout at the Devil," the video on MTV was like the coolest thing
1: ever. My brother had, I think, five albums. One was Credence. one was Hendrix. Um, I think he had a Zeppelin in there, but I that's all I played. I, I there were five albums. Yes, And not only did I have the
3: cassette tape, but, Paul, you'll appreciate this, I also had a Motley Crue Shout at the Devil Velcro wallet (laughs) that I left on a ride in Florida. We went to Disney World (laughs) in Florida, and I left my wallet on one of those rides, and I was so
1: upset that I lost my Motley Crue wallet, Velcro wallet. We love the—we're going to come out with the Dan Patrick Show Velcro wallet. It's uh, research and development are working on that. Marv?
4: MC Hammer. Please, Hammer, don't hurt him. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Did you have pants like MC Hammer? I did. You I did. sure <laughs> did. not I
4: saw him in concert and I wore my pants.
1: Yeah, from London to the Bay. Yeah, can't touch this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Paulie?
5: Dan, like you, I think my first one was a comedy album. There was at WLS radio in Chicago. There was a guy named Larry Lujek, a great uh, DJ. He did Animal Stories with a guy named Tommy Edwards. I remember buying it and listening to it low. First rock album, I'm pretty sure it's Michael Jackson
1: off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was mandatory. Yeah, and then I had all of those albums because then when you work in in radio, and uh, you know I worked at a rock and roll station, you get all those albums, and I had close to fifteen hundred, and uh, of course the uh, the tough story I had to, I, I my wife and I we lived in a real small apartment. She said, "Do you really need all those albums?" And I sold fifteen hundred albums for three hundred dollars. And I had picture disc. I had uh, just, it's not good. Like super rare red yes. marble.
3: Yes, yes, Only 500 of these made. Yep,
1: yep. Elvis Costello, My Funny Valentine. It was ah. a red 45. Uh, ELO, they had a red and a blue for a double album. Molly Hatchet, picture. Cheap Trick, picture disc. All of those things. Rare, rare records. Gave them all away for love. It was worth it. You love love. I,
3: I do love love. Do you love love more than you love music? Apparently.
1: Mm. <laughs> mm. If you gave me a mulligan. Of course you are <laughs> up against a break, Dan. Oh, yeah. We got a commercial break here. Yeah. Give me a mulligan. All right. Coming up, Andrew Luck. A deep dive. What happened? More phone calls as well. Close out the first hour with Stiefel. They're there to help you. They've been helping people for over 130 years. So what exactly do they do? Well, you want to think about investment portfolios, retirement accounts. Stiefel is the place to go. Retirement's a big deal. When it comes to investing for retirement, you can't afford to make mistakes. You don't have to do it alone because Stiefel Financial Advisors have helped clients just like you create personalized retirement plans understand all the options you have for claiming Social Security, and implement an investment portfolio designed around your needs. That's just the start. As a client, you also have access to Stiefel's award-winning equity research and investment strategy views, enabling you to make informed decisions regarding your hard-earned wealth. Invest in your success. Find a Stiefel financial advisor at Stiefel.com. It's S-T-I-F-E-L. Stiefel.com, Stiefel, Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Stiefel.com. What makes a Mercedes-Benz EV different? Electric is what gets you there. But Mercedes is what moves you. Like no other automaker can. The vehicle, all electric. The feeling, all Mercedes. The choice is all yours. Learn more at MBUSA.com slash EQ.
0: Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses
2: so join me in the fun sign up now at chumba
3: no
5: purchase necessary btw void We're prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus
2: busy weekends are a breeze with american express platinum card 8 a.m wait to board plane in the centurion lounge <sighs> much better 2 p.m grab seats for the game